0: Back up top. Shot through traffic. Save made. Follow up try. That one hits a body in front. And a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game. Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side. Through the right circle. Taking it in fed across. They score! Oh! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 to two in overtime! Welcome in to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Brought to you by Field Pass Hockey. Their team of writers and photographers cover minor league hockey across all levels. The SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL, you've got... A couple of Ice Bears players that are currently on call-up, you can follow them by checking out fieldpasshockey.com. You can also download the Field Pass Hockey mobile app on the App Store and Google Play. Whatever you need in minor league hockey, Field Pass Hockey takes care of you. They've got you set for all of your Knoxville Ice Bears coverage as well as coverage across the Southern Professional Hockey League. The Ice Bears with a pretty busy week. They last played at home on November 5th. They will play at home again for the first time in two weeks, coming up on Friday, November 19th, when they take on Vermilion County. And between all that, the Ice Bears have been on a five-game road trip, which just ended with a Saturday night visit to make in. The Ice Bears went 3-1-1 one, and one during that five-game stretch. The Ice Bears 4-1-1 one, and one on the road now, and a pretty successful trip. All in all, we'll recap all three games that have been played since the last time that we had an episode of the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast again. I'm Joel Silverberg. You can follow the Ice Bears on Twitter at ice bears, Facebook.com/slash Knoxville Ice Bears, and on Instagram at Knoxville Ice Bears. And a reminder: this Friday is All Vol Night, November 19th, against the Vermilion County Bobcats, the first ever matchup between these two teams. With Vermilion County joining the SPHL this season, Knoxville will head to David S. Palmer Arena on Saturday to complete the back end of a home-and-home. Home. But all of all night features a pretty special prize. That's an autographed Ice Bears jersey from Peyton Manning. Obviously, the former Tennessee quarterback called Knoxville home for a few years, still visits campus every so often, was recently here right before the season got started for the Greater Knoxville Sports Hall of Fame induction. He was the keynote speaker. So the Knoxville Ice Bears are giving away an autographed Peyton Manning jersey. You can buy raffle tickets through the Dash auction app, or you can swing by fan assistance and purchase more raffle tickets at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum on Friday night. That auction ends Friday night during our game against the Vermilion County Bobcats. So the more raffle tickets you purchase, the better your chance to win. Tickets are $10 each. You can get a pack of six for just $50. You can get a pack of 15 for $10 so you can buy more tickets at a cheaper price per ticket if you buy them all at once. So again, check out the Dash Auction app or be sure to swing by Fan Assistance this Friday night when the Ice Bears take on the Vermilion County Bobcats at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum at 7:35 Eastern that is the time for our puck drop. So Knoxville to recap, got started with this road trip really with the final two games of a 3 and 3. They beat Fayetteville here at home. On November 5th, they went on the road, beat Fayetteville 3-1 on Saturday, November 6th, and then the to Fayetteville 3-1 on Sunday, November 7th, and the three games since then. The Ice Bears started things off with a loss at the Von Braun Center to Huntsville 6-5 in a shootout loss to the Havoc, just a heartbreaking loss for Knoxville. Uh, Christian Stead gave up four goals on 15 shots, not the night that he won, and Jimmy Parita just one goal given up on 12 shots through the third period and overtime, but Gave up two shootout goals to Jacob Barber. The regulation goal, which ended up being the equalizer to Bauer Nordecker. Uh, Jimmy would be the first one to tell you he'd like to have that one back. It it split him between the pads from the right circle. Just a shot from outside the dot that uh, Jeff Carr was the first to say, you know, both of our guys. It wasn't the Knights that they wanted. And Knoxville had to regroup from that quickly. Knoxville got off to a a big momentum boost after tying the game in the first period. Anthony McVeigh scored a shorthanded goal early to take a 2-1 lead. Huntsville responded almost immediately with a goal from Tyler Piacentini. The Ice Bears took the lead a couple more times and were unable to hang on, took the lead early in the third period, had a 5-4 lead, gave up the goal to Nordecker, and just unfortunately couldn't take advantage of some opportunities in overtime Stepan on Timofeyev appeared to get tripped as he was cutting across the crease looked like he was going to have a chance to beat Hunter Vorva there was not a, a penalty called and Knoxville tried to do some work in the shootout and, and were unable to hang on Stefan Brucato had an opportunity to win it in the fifth round and wasn't able to convert and then Barber in the sixth round ended up scoring the ultimate game-winning goal so Huntsville won 2-1 to one in the shootout, 6-5 to five overall as the Havoc beat the Ice Bears. And fast forward here nearly a week later, Huntsville is 11-0, so they have tied the Birmingham Bulls for the best start to a season in SPHL history. And Huntsville will have an opportunity to break the record and get win number 12 when it heads to Peoria on Friday night. So Knoxville had to regroup quickly. Went back home on on early Thursday morning and then had to get ready for a big turnaround. Went to Evansville up in northwest Indiana, just about an hour away from Davenport, Iowa, right there on the border, to take on the Thunderbolts who were off to a really good start and then had to drive through the night to get over to Macon and take on the Mayhem on Saturday night. So that game against Evansville Knoxville did come away with a 4-1 win. They got off to a good start. Anthony McVeigh, really solid redirect goal from the slot after it was sent in by Sam Turner. Uh, You had Dino Balsamo there as well, and and at first, I thought Balsamo was the one that got it on his stick. Both of them kind of reached out for it, but McVeigh was able to get the tap in, redirected it between the pads of Brian Billett. and Knoxville gave up a tying goal in the second period. It was tied at one going into the third. Andrew Ballant, broke free on a two-on-one, had a man on the left side, skated in towards the center on the right circle, and fired a wrist shot that beat Billet. Knoxville scored two empty net goals in the final two minutes of the game, and that was all she wrote from the Ford Center. And Knoxville had a really good bounce back to be able to overcome a really good Evansville team that had won six of its first eight games going into that matchup on Friday night. And I thought it was really notable for Knoxville hearing the players Talk about that Huntsville game. Yeah, they were they were bummed about the loss, but they weren't hung up on it. And and there's still been a couple of comments here on there, feeling like yeah, they should have won that game. But but trust me when I say that this Ice Bears team is not hung up on the loss to Huntsville. If anything, they came away with a lot of confidence because it, w- it was the biggest offensive output at that time of the season thus far with five goals, but a ton of great chances for Knoxville. They were frustrating Huntsville all night long, and you're not going to have too many games with this Knoxville team where you're going to have two goals scored against Jimmy Parita and Christian Stead from outside the dots on a tough angle, and you're just not going to have too many games like that where Knoxville's making those sort of mistakes. Knoxville took a bad angle that led to a two-on-one for Huntsville's first goal, the game by from Nordecker to be able to get it over to Rob Dara. And you're not going to see that very often. Knoxville had a couple of things go wrong in that game that have been uncharacteristic of what we've seen through the other nine games that the Ice Bears have played so far this season. Knoxville's normally been very good defensively, and outside of that Huntsville game, Knoxville has not given up more than three goals in a single game so far this season. It's only given up more than two goals in one other game this year, and that was the 3-1 to loss to Fayetteville, back on November 5th, and one of those goals was kind of a, just an unfortunate bounce that went over Jimmy Perita. So for Knoxville, you, you've seen the defense more times than not be solid, especially in, the o- in, in Knoxville's defensive end, and not giving up a ton of great chances to other teams, especially in transition. Huntsville is a very good transition team, and they put that to effect against Knoxville on Wednesday night, and it proved to be huge in a win against the Ice Bears. But I think the Ice Bears came away with a lot of confidence because they felt like they had so many good chances. They were setting themselves up so well. And Hunter Vorva made some good saves, saves, had a a couple of really big kick saves in the overtime period and, and really kept Huntsville in that game. And if he had played a little bit more similarly to how he did in the first three periods, I think Knoxville probably wins that game in overtime. But Vorva was able to come up big with a pair of really big kick saves. Piacentini also nearly won it for Huntsville in overtime when he hit the post from the right circle. So both teams had chances to win it before it got to the shootout. Knoxville felt like it let one slip away. And I'm sure if the roles had been reversed, Huntsville would have felt like it had let one slip away against the Ice Bears. But Knoxville followed that up with a 4-1 win over Evansville. They were confident going in, despite Evansville being 6-2 and to begin the weekend. And the Ice Bears went in, never trailed, and really shut Evansville down in the third period, especially after Andrew Ballant's go-ahead goal, because Evansville was kind of limited to perimeter shots. They had they had a decent flurry midway through the third period where you, you had Jimmy Parita having to make a couple of big saves, but ultimately Evansville never really seemed like they got that close to tying the hockey game, and then once Knoxville got the first empty netter, that was all that was going to be taken care of, and then Knoxville got the second one, and... There, there's nothing to do there after that, and Knoxville skates away with a four-to-one win, and then hits the road to go take on Macon. So we'll recap the second half of the weekend when we come back. But Knoxville now seven-two and one after a three-one and one road trip. Knoxville has taken points out of five of its first six road games, and will have an opportunity to continue that stretch with a doubleheader coming up against Vermillion County, the home and home this Friday and Saturday. Against the Bobcats. More coming up on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. I'm Joel Silverberg. This is the Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes! An overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games, and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. Thank you again for listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, again presented by Field Pass Hockey. You can listen to live broadcasts and minor league hockey games in the Field Pass Hockey mobile app. You can download it on the App Store or on Google Play. They do a great job at covering all three levels of minor league hockey, the SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL. They've got it all for you. They've got credentialed writers, photographers. You can watch all sorts of of different podcasts and highlights. You can check out photo galleries. So many things that you can do on fieldpasshockey.com and the Field Hockey mobile app. Check them out again, fieldpasshockey.com. So Knoxville wraps up this extensive road trip with a win over the Macon mayhem and Knoxville goes down and wins nine to nothing. The ice bears were really feeling good after the first two games of the week, despite the road loss to Huntsville coming off a big win over Evansville and winning with all sorts of confidence, despite having to drive through the night Uh, to kind of give you a perspective, the ice bears got to Macon at 8 o'clock Saturday morning after playing in Evansville, Indiana on Friday night, went immediately to the team hotel, stayed there, went to the rink in the afternoon, and then warmed up and got ready to play. So a, a very solid game all around for the Ice Bears. Christian Stead, uh, with the team playing for the second night in a row, got the start in place of Jimmy Perita, made 26 saves for his first career shutout. So a, a really awesome night for Christian, but also a lot of first around the board and I'm probably going to miss some of these Colton Fletcher got things started off just two minutes into the game that's his first career professional goal and you've really seen a couple of nice trends with Colton I spoke to him before the Evansville game for the uh, one of the intermission interviews and he said yeah you know it's it's been a little tough because I haven't scored a goal yet in my role I'm I'm used to being that guy that creates scoring chances and scores goals and it, it's been helpful that I've been contributing in the assist column but kind of used to scoring a little bit more. So he gets his first goal against Macon to start things off. So it's a first professional goal for Colton Fletcher for Zach Lambrecht. He scores twice in the third period, his first two professional goals. So really happy for Zach to be able to do that. Got goals number one and two to start things off and a first career pro hat trick for Anthony McVeigh, who had, a monster road trip. He's got seven points in his last three games. Eight points on the road trip overall because he scored in Knoxville's 3-1 to win against Fayetteville back on November 6th. Now, on the stat sheet, as of right now, they've credited the third goal to Kyler Matthews at the 1509 mark of the third period. Was talking to the guys on the bus when we were leaving. They said no. It was McVeigh that redirected it in. Kyler Matthews shot it from the right point. And it made its way through traffic and did get into the net. So Matthews was involved on the play, but it was put down in the stat sheet as Matthews from McVeigh. That's going to get flip flopped, and they'll uh, send a stat correction at some point in the near future to be able to get that taken care of. But Anthony McVeigh, unofficial for now, to be made official soon. His first pro hat trick. He scored the second goal of the game for Knoxville at 9:28 of the first. Scored the fifth goal of the game for Knoxville at 9.50 of the second. And then had the ninth goal for Knoxville at 15.09 of the third period. So Anthony McVeigh with a three-point night against the Macon Mayhem. Andrew Ballant had a three-point night with a goal and two assists. Dino Balsamo had three assists on the night. Kyler Matthews, Zach Lambrecht all had two-point nights. Colton Fletcher with a goal and assist. Stefan Brucato with a goal and assist. Uh, So points all around being handed out. To the Knoxville Ice Bears lineup, had a had a lot of guys that were just on the ice a lot and helping creating plays. Jason Price was a plus four on the night. Belant was a plus five. Matthews a plus three. Dean Moore was a plus three. Uh, Sam Turner a plus three. So padding the stats against Macon with that win on Saturday night. And granted, that's a Macon team that's still looking for its first win. They've dealt with some roster attrition in the early goings of this season. Really nobody from that team last season that won the William B. Coffee Trophy is back this season. Uh, Dylan Kelly was given the night off. He's had a, a couple of decent performances in net for Macon, but he did not play on Saturday night. So it's just tough going right now for Macon. We'll see if they can get it turned around as the season goes along. And Knoxville will now turn its attention moving forward to the Vermilion County Bobcats. And that's a Vermilion County team that is also looking for its first win, but coming off most recently a pair of back-to-back losses to the Roanoke Rail Yard Dogs. Now they they played them tough to a 3-1 to game after uh, Saturday night, so Vermilion County coming off a more defensive effort. They've had some decent performances from their goaltending. The, uh, Thomas Proudlock has had a couple of good outings. Brian Wilson was in net for the loss the other night and, and they're getting out shot right now that's part of it is just generating the offense and uh, looking to find areas where they can score and the game was tied at 1 at the end of the first period and then suddenly Roanoke scored two goals about 30 seconds apart with CJ Stubbs and Mac Jansen to pull away for a 3 to 1 win for Million County with just uh eight shots in the third period not able to uh, catch up and went 0 for 6 on the power play and so despite having some opportunities, Vermilion County just unable to to get anything going offensively as they fell to 0-8 on the season after a 3-1 to loss to Roanoke. So uh, looking at Vermilion County so far, they've only scored 10 goals in the season, but Jeff Carr will be the first to tell you that this is not a weekend where you feel like you can take a couple of nights off. That's what the break from Saturday to Friday is for and wants to make sure that his team understands you have to go out and you're going to be expected to go and get four points. But Vermilion County, uh, the scouting report that I've heard when I was talking to Tommy Pecoraro, the broadcaster for the Evansville Thunderbolts, he said, look, Vermilion County plays really hard. They've got solid goaltending. They're going to find a way to stay in games and they, they work and they skate hard. And it's, it's not a game that you can just go into and and think that you're going to walk all over a team. Now there's been a couple of results like that where, for Vermillion County, that that might be the case. But ultimately, it's important to keep in mind that this team is playing with a lot of heart, and eventually they're going to start winning games. Nobody goes 0-56 in the SPHL. And so the the message to Knoxville is, make sure you're not the team that gives them wins, number one, and in case of this weekend, one or two, depending on how the weekend plays out. And so Knoxville, playing with a lot of confidence right now, 18 goals in their last three games, Half of those coming against Macon, but you still put up five against a good Huntsville team. You still put up four against a good Evansville team, and it's very important for Knoxville to keep its foot on the gas the way that it did against Macon and and not get too cute and and try to underestimate an opponent because you're fighting for points and playoff positioning and home ice advantage in the first round, and there's been a handful of teams that have gotten off to a really good start to the season, which brings us to a quick look around the league standings. We've already mentioned Huntsville's 11-0 start Quad City is 8-1-1. One one. They are in a nine-game point streak. They dropped their season opener. They've won eight straight games, and they're outscoring opponents by a 2-1 to one margin, 41 goals for 20 goals given up. Knoxville is in third place, 10 games in, 15 points. Helps that you're on a three-game point streak. They've played well on the road so far this season, and Knoxville's been in every game that it's played. It's dropped three games. It's, it has not lost by more than two goals. All season and is playing with a lot of confidence right now. Fayetteville started off the season four and zero. They're yeah, they're three and three since, but still a really solid team. Love the offensive system, the way that it works, and they're getting great goaltending from Jason Pulaski. They're seven and three on the year, fourteen points. Evansville is seven and four on the year. Uh, they won over the weekend to bounce back from a three game skid by beating Birmingham in overtime. On Sunday, Pensacola is four-four and one for nine points. They've dropped their last two, however, so Pensacola trying to bounce back from those two losses. Roanoke uh, it took them a while. They they lost their first couple games of the season, and then they lost four consecutive games in either overtime or a shootout. Then they swept Vermillion County over the weekend. So the Rail yard Dogs have their first two wins of the year, but they're riding a six-game point streak and collecting points in the SPHL when you've got eight out of 11 teams that make the playoffs. Sometimes it's runs like that where it feels ugly, you're losing games in overtime, you're dropping games in the shootout, still gets you into the postseason. Birmingham, kind of a similar story. They've already lost four games in overtime this season. They've got two wins, but here they sit with eight points and they've got a two-game point streak with a win over Fayetteville before that loss to... Evansville over the weekend Peoria has only played six games. So this is kind of the outlier right now Now they've only given up 12 goals in those six games. So given up just two goals per game, they've been solid defensively three and three to start the year, six points. But again, fewer games played than everybody else in the league. Peoria had a couple of road games against Vermillion County that were postponed. So the Rivermen have only played six times. Everybody else in the league has played at least eight times, including Macon and Vermillion County, Macon 07 and one on the year after losing to Knoxville and then followed that up with a loss to Fayetteville over the weekend, Vermillion County 0-8 after losing a pair of games over the weekend to Roanoke. So seeing a handful of teams that are off to really strong starts from a percentage, you've got four teams in the league that have a 70% points percentage or greater with Huntsville, Quad City, Knoxville, and Fayetteville, and you've got two teams that are riding win streaks of eight games or more, point streaks of nine games or more. So Huntsville and Quad City are playing really good hockey right now. Knoxville, I think, is playing with a lot of enthusiasm and feels really good about where it's at, especially on special teams. Uh, Knoxville's been good on the power play, and they've been really solid on the penalty kill, and they've done a pretty good job at staying out of the box as well. You've seen more disciplined hockey. Haven't seen a fight in the last three or four games either. And granted, it hasn't been too physical, and it hasn't gotten too heated on the ice, but We were seeing, you know, we came off this weekend series against Fayetteville where we had six fights in three games, and then the rest of the weekend, the rest of that road trip, Knoxville didn't have a fight against Huntsville on Wednesday, didn't drop the mitts against Evansville. It got a little chippy at times where I thought things might break out. And then against Macon, you you always see that happening when a game is getting a little bit out of hand on the scoreboard. Do teams start, you know, trading blows? Do you see anything that you don't want to see and that ended up not happening against Macon on Saturday night. So Knoxville moving forward with games against Vermillion County this Friday and Saturday, again, all fall night on Friday night, puck drop at 735. Be sure to check out the dash auction app or swing by fan assistance. If you come to the game to purchase your raffle tickets for that autographed Peyton Manning Jersey tickets are $10 or it's $50 for a pack of six or it's a hundred dollars a pack of 15s so the more tickets you buy the better your chance to win and the more money you save on purchasing those tickets thank you so much for listening to the knoxville ice bears podcast whether it's on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify be sure to subscribe follow leave a five star rating and review tell hockey fans you know about the knoxville ice bears podcast appreciate field pass hockey for their partnership in making this podcast possible check them out at fieldpasshockey.com or on the Field Pass Hockey mobile app on the App Store or on Google Play. I'm Joel Silverberg. We will see you at the Coliseum on Friday night as the Ice Bears take on the Vermilion County Bobcats for the first time ever in league history, franchise history for either team. The first ever matchup between the Ice Bears and the Bobcats should be a lot of fun. The Ice Bears... We'll be wearing specialty Tennessee volunteer jerseys. You can check these out. They look really sharp. They have been released on the Ice Bears social media channels, facebook.com slash KnoxvilleIceBears, on Twitter at Ice Bears, on Instagram at Knoxville Ice Bears. So be sure to check out those jerseys and then see them in action this Friday night as the Ice Bears take on the Bobcats. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast.